Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, in our 21st year on Voice America. Um, Today, we always talk about, always, how to turn your life into something really positive, how to turn your obstacles into opportunities, your challenges into solutions. That's really been my kind of mission for many, many years and many decades. And today's no exception. Today, we're talking about eating and cooking and diet and things that really promote health and can and can prevent disease. So today we're talking with chef Stefania Patanella. She is one of the authors of the book, The Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, the kid-friendly pediatrician-approved way to transform your family's health. Chef Stefania Patanella has 17 years of experience teaching nutrition and healthful cooking to diverse audiences from children and families to healthcare professionals. She was founding director of the Go Healthy Cooking, Nutrition Education, and Gardening programs at the Children's Aid Society, a nonprofit serving 70,000 children and families each year in New York City. There, she also developed a model meal program for children, replacing all processed foods with whole foods, plant-based recipes cooked from scratch. She also served as executive chef at Amherst College, where she oversaw a meal program for 1,800 students that sought to balance health, sustainability, and cultural diversity. Stefania received her BA from the University of Pennsylvania and her MA in Health Arts and Sciences from Goddard College. She also completed her chef's training at the Natural Gourmet Institute and studied herbalism at the Vermont Center Center for Integrative Herbalism. Mostly, though, she's a humble lover of plants from seed to table. Welcome, Stefania. Thank you, Patricia. So nice to be here. Yeah, great to have you, really, and and to see all of the work and the dedication that you've done over many years. So what is an anti-inflammatory diet? Oh, good question. We start at the top. So I want to actually start by taking all the hype out of the term (laughs) anti-inflammatory, even though we wrote a book with the word in it, um, in the title. It's nothing magical. It's basically synonymous with healthy or good for you. Um, And, you know, readers will not be surprised, I don't think, by, you know, too many of the things that are in this book and that we call anti-inflammatory and that we name as anti-inflammatory. If you've been paying any attention really to nutrition science in the last 20 or 30 years or even walking by the aisle of your supermarket and seeing some magazines on the front that say anti-inflammatory eating, you'll be familiar with these categories. Um, But we also do our best to kind of break them down in this book in a way that's simple, we hope, for families to understand. So we do that by breaking it down into four categories. One is plant foods. The other is whole foods, good fats. And then the fourth is actually not a category of foods that we should eat, but sort of the context in which uh, we encourage you to have a healthy diet. So I can dive into those categories a little bit more, but I want to also address this word anti-inflammatory. So if it just means healthy, why did you put it on the cover? And I think the answer to that is that in the last 20, 30, maybe even 40 years, there has been so much research to bring to light the underlying mechanism of why foods are good for us or not good mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And we've found on a cellular, very tiny cellular intricate level um, that we're not you know, aware of with the human eye, obviously we need lots of researchers to show this to us, is that there's this correlation between chronic diseases and chronic inflammation that has mm-hmm. been found as, as the core, you know, so many diseases. Now, whether it's a chicken or egg question, whether the diseases are creating inflammation or the inflammation is creating diseases is a question that's not exactly understood. But what mm-hmm. we do know is that in adults, an anti-inflammatory diet has been linked to decreases in cardiovascular diseases, mm-hmm. diabetes, 
cancers, mm. you know, the eye disease. Yeah, let, let me ask you something, Stefania. Isn't arthritis and a lot of joint issues, yeah. isn't that uh, inflammatory? Isn't that from a lot of um, in, inflammatory issues in the system? Yeah, arthritis is also an inflammatory condition, a very specific inflammatory condition. Um that's not limited to arthritis. There's some things that we know of, like arthritis is inflammatory. Most people kind of, or many people know that. But what we don't know is things like depression, um, mm. ADHD, yeah. asthma, academic performance. You're like, what do these things have to do with inflammation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what specifically is all coming to light right now? The thing that was crystal clear to us has been crystal clear in the research for a while is that food has a lot to do with creating either a very positive, low inflammation state in your body or a chronic state of inflammation in your body. And so we wanted to give a little bit of a roadmap to lean towards the former, the good state. Well, and also it's related to attitude too, correct? And emotion. I mean, you know, certain foods can also trigger um, those emotional states as well. Agreed? Yes. Tell me more about what you mean by that. I, I agree, and I want to hear your perspective. And then, yeah, kind of, uh, I mean, you know, um, eating certain foods that will then cause like a big spike and a big mm-hmm. low, whether it's sugar, whether it's caffeine, whether it's alcohol, you know, the oh, big yeah. rush and the big low, which, you know, again, in particularly in the stressful time we're going through now with COVID, we're trying to maintain uh, lower stress levels, and those foods can, you know, if you will, shoot it, shoot us up and then bring us down quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the metaphor is apt even when you say shoot us up. But there is, there is a way, and, and there's been many very good books written on this, um, the addictive, if you will, qualities of some yes. kinds of food in yes. the sense that they create a, oof, a rush, you know, something that feels really good. Um, and then brings us down. And when it when when you go down, you want to feel good again. And so you kind of reach back for that thing. And often that thing is sugar, caffeine. Very often, but not always. Um, sometimes also salt and fat are very crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yes, these foods and being on a um, being on a high sugar diet in particular can really put us on a. a I call it like a refined grain roller coaster. That's how mm-hmm. I used to explain it to kids. But the roller coaster is this up and down that you've been talking about. And it's yeah. not always easy to tap into it in your body. You know, um, when you're on this and you feel this way for a long time, um, it's, it's not that easy to feel inside. With kids, teachers especially have always told me, oh, I can tell if kids have eaten a lot of sugar that morning or not, or if they've eaten breakfast or not. Uh, because there's a distinct uh, difference in their moods. So it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to see, yeah. especially. And so bringing, and on that note, Stefania, why did you focus this book on family and introducing an anti-inflammatory diet to children? Yeah, I mean, the, the quickest explanation for that, I think there's two actually. One is that with chronic diseases, the earlier you start, the better chance you have. And so people ask questions like, okay, that seems a little extreme to put my diet mm. on an my child on an anti-inflammatory diet, and I want to unpack that. We don't think of this as a diet. We think of it as a, a healthy, holistic way of eating that encompasses not only what you eat but how you eat in a mindful way with your family, socially. Um, so that's the first thing that really prevention is key, and starting young is so important. And the second thing is that, you know, if you look at those magazines I referenced earlier, you know, in the supermarket, it says anti-inflammatory this, anti-inflammatory that, it's always keyed towards adults. And Mm. so it's an idea that you have to kind of start thinking about anti-inflammatory eating once you have a problem already. And by that time, things are a lot harder. Um, And so there was no real resource for um, talking about anti-inflammatory diets for kids. The anti-inflammatory diet, the first time we sort of heard this in the language was uh, Dr. Weil. I don't remember what year it was, but he based it on a combination of Mediterranean and Okinawan diets. And, um, mm-hmm. and since then, it's taken, you know, a lot of different paths. Many people have sort of adopted it and talked about it. But nobody had really focused on kids and anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. eating. And so 
that's why we focused on families. Yeah, which I think is so, so very important. Um, you know, are there certain, is there a certain age where you think mm-hmm. children should be introduced or shouldn't be to an inflammatory uh, diet, an anti-inflammatory yeah. diet? Yeah, good, good catch, yes. Um, the answer is no. The, the So we talk a lot in this book about the process of children's taste development, and it begins in utero. When they're, you know, when you're a fetus in the womb, you are bathed in amniotic fluid, and what the pregnant person is eating is being transferred to this amniotic fluid and perfuming it. And so if they're eating a lot of carrots, you know, studies, I'm picking on carrots because there's this great study to show that you gave mothers uh, lots of carrot juice or no carrot juice, you know, when they were pregnant. And the ones who had a lot of carrot juice, their kids were a lot more accepting of carrots when those were first introduced. And that is that that kind of study has been reproduced many times. So it begins in the beginning. Breast milk is the same way. When you eat something, all of the um, the volatile oils that are in that food are going through the breast milk and perfuming it, it you know, making it smell and taste a certain way. And so mm. the child is looking to accept those foods right from the beginning. And then when you begin to introduce solid foods to kids, um, you know, this is a big area of research. It's a big area of concern for parents. How do I do this? What's the right way? My kid is accepting or not accepting different foods. Mm-hmm. And the big message that we had here is that, you know, introduce, introduce, introduce. Put, put it in front of the kids. Diversity is best. All of the studies show that the more different kinds of foods, and especially plant foods, especially in the beginning, are introduced to kids, the more expansive their palates will be. And the mm-hmm. more expansive their palates will be, inevitably they, could, they, they have a better possibility of having a much healthier diet than they're older. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, very good. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. My guest Great. is Chef, Chef Stefania Patanello. And the name of the book, and she is a co-author with Alexander Rami, Hillary McCaffrey, who's an MD, FAAP, Jonathan Deutsch, a PhD, and, Mar- and Maria, uh, I believe, Masarenhas. Yeah. So she's one of the authors. And uh, the book is the Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, The Kid-Friendly Pediatrician Approved Way to transform your family's health. We'll be right back with Stefania right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin, host of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves 
Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone and we are back. And my guest is Chef Stefania Patanella. She is the lead author of this book, The Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, The Kid-Friendly Pediatrician-Approved Way to Transform Your Family's Health. And she has written this book with the collaboration of Alexandra Rami, Hilary McCaffrey, um, McClafferty, and that's MD, Jonathan Deutsch, PhD, and Maria Masarenhas. Is that right? Hillary, that's right. a sort of, I mean, good, good, I meant, uh, meant Stefania. Good, so um, this is a very interesting, it includes 100 recipes for easy weeknight dinners and better box lunches and healthier desserts and much more. So she's had 17 years of experience teaching nutrition and health school cooking to diverse audiences from children to families and healthcare professionals. And she was the founding director of the Health Go Healthy Cooking Nutrition Education and Gardening Programs at the Children's Aid Society. So um, welcome back, Stefania. And all right, so let's talk about, um, let's go back to children again. Will kids realistically eat this way? Now, I'm talking about kids that weren't brought up on this when they were little. I'm talking about they're in school with all the other kids eating all the sweet stuff, right? And they come home and, you know, they're getting the celery in their lunch, <laughs> the raw carrots, and they're going, ah. What? So, <laughs> you know, so talk to us. Encourage yeah. our parents. Great, great question. Yeah, so we, we left off where we were having this lovely story where, you know, everyone was eating carrots and the fetus was being bathed in carrots. That doesn't need to happen <laughs> in order for a kid to eventually eat a healthy diet. And, you know, I, I work with many adults who are testament to this. Like, you can, you know, uh, kids learn much quicker than adults and are still more resilient and able to sort of change. Um, but adults, there's, it's, there's hope is not lost there either. So we should talk about that, too. But what I want to say about this is that family is where a lot of learning happens, mm-hmm. and that includes learning about food. Kids mm-hmm. learn how and what to eat largely from the adults around them. And therefore, to raise kids to be healthy eaters, it is important for the whole family to, to a degree, get on board. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I've seen parents, like, open up the jar of baby food that has broccoli in it or something like that. And then they pretend to eat a bite, but actually they're like, oh, I would never eat this. <laughs> and then they try to mm-hmm. feed it to their child. And the child's like, hey, you know what? Actually, I saw that smirk on your face, Dad. You know, I don't know that I'm really going to be into this because you're not really promoting it so well. So I will say that this, this does fall a lot on adults. And what we encourage in this book is to create, how can I say it, just simply, to create an attitude of adventure around eating. Um, you know, we talk a lot about picky eating in this book, and it is totally normal for kids to have resistance to new foods. In fact, it's a biological thing. It's called mm. neophobia. It's built in. And it's a protective mechanism that kids have. And, and this is a really important and, the innate flavor preferences that they have at birth, which tends to sweet foods and away from bitter foods, that's only the beginning. What they actually learn how to eat is what is around them and what they are exposed to. So the first thing is to expose kids to a wide variety of foods again and again and again and again, as I said. Um, and the other thing is to have this you know, healthy eating, adventurous eating kind of mm, a feeling in your family. And so, for example, I'm going to give you an example. A lot of people, um, kid, you know, kids included, let's stick with kids for a minute. So you say to a kid, 
you know, what do you think about this food? And they will say, it's good or it's not good, or I like it or I don't like it, or ew or yum, right? Very dichotomous mm-hmm. kind of language. Mm-hmm. So one thing we encourage a lot of is descriptive language away from black and white language, like good, bad, yuck, yum. Instead, is it crunchy? Is it sweet? Is it tingly? Is it yeah. squishy? Is it green? Is it yellow? Yeah. And so all of a sudden now, instead of having something that is good or bad, there's curiosity around it. Right. And right. that is that's a process that begins to open up uh yeah, just a, a more kind of open-minded attitude, you know, about and you don't need to like everything, but if you have a way of describing it that's more interesting than yeah. black and white with that, yeah. um, there's an opening. So there. it's all in the words in a way. A lot is. Yeah, a lot it's it's in the words and in the in the language in the modeling also. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens around kids, they, they're sponges. They pick up on everything that happens around mm-hmm. them. Also, if foods are, are cooking in the house and they're smelling them <laughs> and they are seeing them and they're seeing their parents snack on them. Um, you know, one thing we, we make a big point of in this book to talk about is that there's no such thing as baby food. Exactly. We take mm-hmm. every recipe, every one of the hundred recipes that we have in here, there's a note at the bottom, and it says, here's how to deconstruct this and make this into baby food. Mm-hmm. And so That's if you good. are making a fish taco, uh, depending on the age of the kid, you just deconstruct that fish taco, and you could give them a little bit of the smashed beans, you know, hold the salt. Um, you can give them a little piece of the fish, and, and kids tend to like things kind of separately on their plate at first, and so you give them these components separately so they can really understand them, touch it with their fingers, you know, to get the texture, you know, yeah. roll around in their mouths, do whatever they're going to do, explore it. A lot of initial eating is not even eating. You know, a lot of initial eating with kids is actually just exploring, and that's completely okay for a little while. Mm-hmm. They, that's why, you know, they're doing that in conjunction with, you know, formula or breast milk at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of their calories are still coming from that breast milk, but they're learning how to be exposed to it and their palate's getting trained. Yeah, fascinating. So let's talk about um, some things that are in your book, you know, some things that you feel, um, you know, like your recipes, for example, start with a chapter mm-hmm. on homemade spices and sauces. And yeah. you have all kinds of hundreds of recipes. So if, you know, if a parent's listening to this and saying, where do I start? What would you say? Yeah. Yeah, so where, well, so I haven't worn the, the chef hat in a while. Um, for the past five years or so, I've been working as a health coach and focusing on nutrition and healthy eating with people. And so I approach most things these days through the lens of health coaching, which is to say, you start wherever you want to start. <laughs> there is no perfect place to start here. Um, what? interesting to you, right? What's interesting to you, what's interesting to you as a family? So when I work with a lot of kids and adults, um, a lot of times people think they want to start with knowledge, right? Let me absorb as much knowledge as I can, and then if I just know what's good for me, then I'll be able to sort of transition it into something that works for my family. But it's not exactly how change works, Um Change works by tapping into the thing you really want, something you desire, something you're motivated by, something you're interested in. And so I encourage families, um, whether I'm working with adults separately from children or adults and kids together, to follow what's interesting to them. Um, you know, go into the, if I'm working with the book, go into the book and find something that just piques your interest and start there. It doesn't, there's no perfect way to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it's trial and error, correct? Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and I would also think if they find one thing, let's say that, oh, they find something that has cinnamon in it, for example, and they just yeah. love that. And maybe right. try to find something else, correct? Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's a really good um, it's a good way to introduce talking about spices because the core of our that's where we started this book. It's not where everyone else has to start, but where we started this book was with spice blends. And that's because when, you know, backtrack to a few minutes ago, we were talking about this, the tenets, the basic kind of 
categories or ways of thinking of anti-inflammatory foods. And lots of plants, a high plant-based diet is one of those big overarching categories. So what are plants? Plants are, in the categories we think of, like what, what we actually like to eat, you know, and how we think culinarily of plants, we break them down into six or so categories, vegetables, fruits, grains, and we encourage whole grains. Um, beans or legumes, nuts, and seeds. Hmm. Now, what's overlooked often in that whole category is that nuts and seeds and bark and leaves yeah. and all this kind of stuff also come in spices and herbs. And so hmm. while herbs and spices are not the main thing you eat, they are the flavoring to the thing you eat. They are still really, really important for health. And what you find is that diets that are very high in spices are much healthier diets a lot of times. And mm. that's no coincidence because, um, so let's think about herbs and spices. They're very potent. Think about cardamom or parsley or cilantro mm. or rosemary. You would never eat like tablespoons of these things because it would be completely overwhelming. The reason it's so overwhelming is because they're super high in anti-inflammatory compounds, especially things like flavonoids and volatile oils. And all of these things are so protective for health, um, but they're kind of overlooked because they're, they're thought of as a condiment. Um, but in reality, you know, when you, when you focus on the herbs and spices, you can get a great diversity of herbs and spices into one dish, therefore picking up the sort of, you know, overall diversity of plants in your diet. They're one of the kind of tricks. So where we started was by making these spice blends. Cinnamon is one of the core spices in our sweet spice blend, which I love, um, which has four spices. It has cinnamon, cardamom, um, clove, and also star anise. And hot tip is you could probably get rid of the other two and just do cinnamon and cardamom on everything, and it's delicious. So Mm. we started with these spice blends to say, like, here's a way to really spice up your food. You add flavor. You add... uh, tons of anti-inflammatory compounds, and you kind of make it culturally much more interesting. Absolutely. Now, it's interesting because I'm looking at your cookbook, the Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook. I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing very little, um, mostly plant-based. Now, I am seeing some things with fish and some things with cheese that are dairy and ricotta that's dairy, but I'm not seeing... Uh, chicken or pork or beef or lamb or anything beef-based? So we have a couple of, and I'll I'll speak to that um, very clearly. So we do have a couple of recipes in the dinner section that have meat in them. One is the um, creamy chicken soup, and then, as you said, we have the fish sticks. We have the meat and escarole soup, um, which you can make with ground turkey or you can make with ground beef. We are not doctrinaire about uh, mm-hmm. We're not trying to promote a vegetarian diet. We're not trying okay. to promote a vegan diet. We're trying to promote plants. <laughs> and yep. so the best way to do that is to give as many possible recipes of awesome you yeah. know, plant-based recipes as we possibly could. Yeah. And, and they're beautiful so, pictures, by the way. Beautiful yeah, pictures. Yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And, and Stefania, can you make these in a crock pot? Can you do these in slow cooking? Some of them, yeah. Not not all of them. I would love to write a whole book on crock pot cooking. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of the dinner recipes are kind of more one-pot things that can be made in a crock pot or an Instapot or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these look wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. They really do. All right, we've got 30 seconds to break. So when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, Stefania Petinella and more about the Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, the kid-friendly, pediatrician-approved way to transform your family's health. And we'll talk about what are some of her favorite recipes. We'll also talk about how she um, particularly picked some spices um, and more, and also about how we eat, not just what we eat. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com and America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you looking for an hour to allow your imagination to soar? An hour for self-care? An hour to learn something new? Join Dr. Melissa L. Strauser for conversations and stories that'll give you that hour to listen to tales of triumph and conversations about emerging topics from coaches, entrepreneurs, entertainers, authors, and everyday heroes. You'll hear about healing, change-making, resilience, and passion. We invite you to take the journey and join us for Counterbalance Conversations on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we are talking to chef stefania patanella who has 17 years of experience teaching nutrition and helpful cooking to diverse audiences from children to families to healthcare professionals. She was the founding director of the Go Healthy Cooking Nutrition Education and Gardening Programs at the Children's Aid Society, a nonprofit serving 70,000 children and families each year in New York City. She also developed a model meal program for children, replacing processed foods with whole foods. And she also served as the executive chef at Amherst College. And she's done so, so many things and lots of education and does a lot of coaching now. And the book, she is the lead author of this cookbook, The Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook. The kid-friendly, pediatrician-approved way to transform your family's health, which has a hundred recipes. And Stefania Petinella is the first author listed. There's also Alexandra Romney, Hillary McClafferty. She's an MD. Jonathan Deutsch is a PhD. And Maria Mascarenas, and she's MBBS. So I'm so glad you could be on, Stefania, and really share. Um, before we move on, how did you collaborate with these other authors or these other professionals? So Marie and Hillary are both, wow, just such wonderful doctors, pediatricians who are on the cutting edge of bringing, you know, healthy eating to children and families at their respective institutions, but also just national leaders on it. And to work with them was wonderful, all of their knowledge. So I did a lot of the... That, you know, they, we kind of collaborated on where, what do we need to write about, what are the most important things. I would kind of take a stab at it. They would give their two cents. We would, you know, really collaborate on this narrative part. And it was a very iterative process, bringing in lots of, oh, I found this piece of research that just came out today, you know, is incorporating as much as we could of the most recent research. Um, and then on the other side, the, the sort of chef side, um, collaborating with John and with Allie, was wonderful. It was so much fun. I mean, we just, like, nerded out on recipes for two years or plus and tried to figure out, like, I mean, there's 100 recipes in there. We probably started with 200, um, testing them on our families, on our friends, uh, on John's students, students testing them on each other. So we, we kind of worked on these 
two um, parallel tracks. One is writing the book that the the, the portion that could be um, understandable, digestible in nutrition information for families, and the other part that's like really good recipes that actually work. And I, and I am pleased to say <laughs> that we did a lot of testing, and so far the book's been out about a year, and we've gotten a lot of feedback that the recipes do work, and they are simple, so it's really nice to see that. Yeah, which is really great. It's great. And you have very many different perspectives, you know, medical perspectives, so dietitian perspectives. perspectives. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk a little bit more about some of the spices that you use and how you incorporate that into the food and the recipes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I love that. I, I love... So, I want to approach this question by telling a story, the sort of story between people and plants that is not well understood. So, okay. plants in nature make chemicals that protect them against harm. And so let's take, let's take the world through the eyes of a plant for a minute. A plant can't run. It's a sedentary thing, right? It can't, mm-hmm. it can't run away if a predator is coming. It can't hide if the sun is shining too bright. Um, you know, it can't find shade. It can't hide from the wind. And so it needs to summon all of its protective elements for itself inside itself. So it needs to create them. So it kind of creates its own sunblock. It, you know, which is like flavonoids that are on the skin. Um, and that gives the, the plants a lot of pigmentation, all of that kind of red, orange, green. And um, it, uh, it, it plants like, you know, figure out how to protect themselves from the stressors of the world by creating all these compounds. Now, all these compounds, again, some of the ones that I mentioned, flavonoids are very high on the list. When we eat them, they become protective compounds for us. And this, to me, is just like, wow. <laughs> this is like a quite yeah. an awesome story between people and plants that we have co-evolved in this earth. And so a lot of the protective elements that they have for themselves, we kind of incorporate into our bodies and they become protective for us. You know, mm. it's working a little bit on the level of analogy, but not really. It's also very just biologically you know, accurate that, that these compounds inject ourselves against oxidative damage or damage from pollution or um, stress and other things. We have different stressors than plants have, you know, <laughs> very different. But uh, one way or the other, these same compounds protect both of our bodies from those stressors. So that's why it's so important to eat plants. It's a big part of the story. And when we talk about spices, spices and herbs are so potent because they are highest in these anti-inflammatory compounds. And we can just tell that with our own eyes and ears and mouths. So they are so, the, the, the bright colors, the bright aromas, and the bright taste, so the big, bold taste of herbs and spices are kind of what give that away. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, as you said, but, you know, it's something that's an acquired taste, too. I mean, correct? <laughs> you know, if your yes. kids are just used to eating you know, peanut butter jelly and sugary cereals, you know, they're yep. not acquiring the taste for these yep. kind of nuanced, right? I mean, in a way, it's, it, it is nuanced, if you will. And as you yeah. said, healthy because there are protective elements to these herbs. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, yeah. that all comes back to exposure. It all just comes back to approaching this with a spirit of adventure. Like, you could take peanut butter and jelly and sprinkle some cinnamon and spice on it. Mm-hmm. And then... You would be introducing something unfamiliar to something that is familiar, right? There's so many things like that. Kids, regardless of the um, the sort of, (laughs) a lot of people think that kids don't like broccoli, but I found from teaching kids for a very long time that it's one of kids' favorite foods in America for some interesting reason that I can't figure out exactly, but maybe it's the little trees. I I have to tell you, I have to tell you when I was a little girl, my parents yeah. told me, of course, I don't know this. I would think I was a baby. I loved broccoli, and they would have mash it up and stick it in my bottle and, like, make a thing out of it. And I, oh. I loved it. And I still, to this day, I love broccoli. I just, well, you know, isn't that interesting? Yeah, really. Let me ask you about um, dairy. 
because dairy is so controversial. You know, you should eat cheese, you shouldn't. It's anti-inflammatory. Some people think there's too much fat, much more fat than in dairy, you know, regular dairy like butter. Um, Mm -hmm. So what's your thought about that, Stefania? Yeah, so good question. Um, There are so many controversies in nutrition science. (laughs) Yeah. So... I will start by saying that we are not doctrinaire about anything. We do not think anything needs to be wholly or completely excluded from uh, an overall healthy diet. It's all about balance and quantities, and it's aiming for having more of the things that are good for you and less of the things that are less good for you. or I would say having there's 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 some things like like dairy that in large quantities are not a great idea, and in small quantities for most people can be totally fine. So we created this anti-inflammatory food table, um, pediatric anti-inflammatory food table, and it's uh, it's in our book. There's a a nice um, uh, a nice illustration of it. And so let's see, we have one, two, three, four. I'm looking at it now. Five, six seven layers of it, and they go from the bottom being the most, the things that you incorporate the most in your diet, vegetables and fruits, then herbs and spices, and we have some whole grains in there, some protein-rich plant foods, and then we have protein-rich animal foods, and then we have dairy. So it's like dairy for us was you sprinkle a little Parmesan on top, you add a little bit of this to the top of your, you know, a little cheddar to the top of your chili. Right. Um, there's things that, you know, meats and cheeses are incredibly flavorful. And um, I think they're just, they just have a kind of wrong place on the plate a lot of times. Instead mm-hmm. of the center, they need to be on the sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. Okay. Well, we have a couple of minutes before we go to break. Because when we come back, I want to talk to you about mindful eating. In other words, eating mm-hmm. not just what you eat, but how you eat. So, um before we go to break, how do people find this cookbook? Oh, you can get it at your... Actually, it's interesting. I've um, worked with many clients who have gotten it at their lo- local library, so you can always do that. Uh, you can get it at a local bookstore. And then, of course, there's all the big um, the big online ways to get it, Amazon, etc. You can get it on Simon Schuster website. Um, yeah, there's there's... I would go with the local library and bookstores. <laughs> I'll put a okay. plug in for that. All right, great. All right, so our, our guest today is Stefania Patanella. And she has 17 years of experience teaching nutrition and health cooking to diverse audiences from children to families to healthcare professionals. And she was founding director of the Go Healthy Cooking, Nutrition, Education, and Gardening programs at the Children's Aid Society. Um, her book, with five other people, actually... Yes, uh, it is five other people. Um, She's the lead author of this book, The Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, The Kid-Friendly Pediatrician-Approved Way to Transform Your Family's Health. And when we come back, we're going to talk about mindful eating. And we're also going to talk about, um, you know, some of the health coaching that she does that help people in terms of mindful eating, making the right choices, really understanding that food can heal us. And so we'll talk about that with Stefania right after the break. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. And we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you fully connected? We're all online in more ways than we can imagine. Our business, our family, our health, and our money are all part of the cyber-connected world, and it's getting more frightening every day. On My Connected Life, host Tyler Cohen-Wood takes you into the exciting world of cyber and shows you what you need to know right now to keep your cyber-connected life safe and your data within your control. Get all the information, the news you need to know, and a lot of fun and surprises. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio. 
featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Peter Shiraskin Positive Living Show. We're talking to Stefania Patanella, and she's the lead author with five other people of the book, The Anti-Inflammatory Family Cookbook, The Kid-Friendly Pediatrician-Approved Way to Transform Your Family's Health. The other authors are Alexandra Rami, Hilary McClafferty, MDFAAP, Jonathan Deutsch, PhD, and Maria Masarenas. MBBS and Stefania um, put this book together with them and welcome back Stefania. Um, Thank you. Let, let's talk now about not just what you eat but how you eat. So let's talk about yeah. that and then how that has led into also your health coaching. Um, great. I'm so glad we got to focus on this because you know when we wrote this book we, we broke this anti-inflammatory way we like to call it into these four areas, and the very first one had nothing to do with what you eat, but how you eat it, so it's the context of eating. Um, And this was so important because, you know, I guess maybe I could start actually by talking about the the kind of people who I'm often um, called upon to coach, the kind of people who often reach out to me. So I have a lot of clients who are women. Um, and they have been through, and this is not necessarily because I uh, am, you know, um, explicitly looking for this kind of person to come to me, but I think it's so common an experience that so many people can share it, and not just women, but that you've, you've, they've been on diets for a long time. Weight goes up and down. Motivation goes up and down. Nutrition information goes up and down. Oh, maybe I should eat low carbohydrate. Oh, maybe I should eat low fat. Oh, maybe I should eat keto. Oh, maybe I should eat a whole 30, you know, and so yo-yo between all these things. Lose weight for a little while, feel kind of better, and then begin to feel worse again. And so my, you know, when we start working together, the first thing we usually begin to work on is how to break down this terrible cycle of shame and blame that begins to happen inside. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that can be, can be a little pin can be put into that, you know, very tight and kind of terrible little uh, nut we get ourselves into by beginning Mm -hmm. to just pay attention to how we feel, to what we eat and when, to what we're feeling when we reach for a certain thing over another. You know, there's a lot of negative voices inside. And there are positive voices, too. And to just begin to pay attention to those voices and, like, what's going on? You know, when I, uh, you know, some people, a lot of people tell me, by the time I get to dinner, I'm ravenous, and then I eat whatever's on the counter. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, yeah. you know, the, the approach is, can we add a snack in the, in the afternoon? Can we add right. a healthy snack in the afternoon? And that can get, could, get that presents with a little resistance sometimes. What do you mean add a snack? I'm trying to cut my calories, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, <laughs> if we intentionally add a healthy snack in the afternoon, then you will be, you know, reaching for whatever is on the counter and in right. front of you before dinner in a very kind of hurried way that then makes you feel, you know, like what just happened. Mm-hmm. So my thing to me 
that's you know I've been I've been um, approaching it in, in, a lot in that way with clients that I have. And when it comes to kids and mindful eating, I mean, we, you know, obviously devices, <laughs> there are so many devices and things to get distracted by. Um, and our big recommendation in this book is to shut off the screens, be away from the yeah. screens, have a conversation. Yeah. So mindful yeah. eating can mean a couple, you know, it can mean many, many different things to different people. Essentially, it's being present and being aware when you're eating and yeah. realize you're eating. <laughs> yeah. Just, just right, realize. So, so- Exactly. And not just, right, not just standing there and mindlessly eating. So um, we've come to the close of our interview, and I'd like to ask you, what, um, what's your message? What would you like to leave our listeners with today, Stefania? Mm, that all of this is so possible and can be so much fun. <laughs> and so a lot of people approach change because they want to fix something that they think is a problem, and I would encourage to approach change and leaning into the thing that you really want. And whether that's good health or having more interesting meals or having more family discussions at mealtime, having more closeness with your kids, getting to cook with them more just as a fun activity, whatever it is, whatever interests you, take that path, take the, the path that feels fun and interesting. Yeah, which is which is really important. And again, they can get the cookbook um, online, correct? The anti-inflammatory family cookbook, the kid-friendly yep. pediatrician-approved way to transform your family's health. That's right. Okay, and there's a lot of recipes here. Well, it's all recipes, but it's also a lot of beautiful pictures. Not everyone's a picture, right? Or I guess most of them are. No, mo- not, <laughs> not all, but most. No, no, we maybe. Maybe less than half of them, actually, but it seems like a lot. And there's also yeah. a lot of just... And there's there's a lot in here, too, about, yeah. you know, a guide. I mean, about snacking. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, content about different yeah. kinds of foods and the anti-inflammatory food table. So there's, there's really an awful lot in here. And you also talk a, quite a bit about sugar and about the European way of eating. Um, you know, with the Mediterranean yeah. diet, you talk about additives, caffeine, water, tea... So there's a lot. There's a lot here. So um, I want to thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, Tanya, it's been really great to have you on. And uh, really, you know, to inspire children and families and parents that they can enjoy food, right? And it can be healthy. Yeah, thanks, Patricia. All right, stay on the line for a minute. Uh, if you would. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You can find me at Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com and you can get a copy of my newsletter each month, which shares all of the guests I'm having on for the month and a few other things as well and what I'm doing. And also, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, and that's what I help people do uh, because I've interviewed about 5,000 people and I would love to help you put it together so we can help more people get these positive messages out. And also, you can find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.